0: Come to Him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. This is Living Stones with Ken Hellenius and Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers. Welcome to Living Stones. Living Stones is a weekly conversation about living a truly Catholic life. Each week, Ken and Deacon Harold help listeners deepen their relationship to Christ and His Church, discussing practical ways to grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Hi, I'm Ken Hellenius, co-host of Living Stones, and across from me here in the studio is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Deacon? Welcome.
1: Yeah, thank you, Ken. It's great to be with you here as always. And I'm very excited as we uh, move forward with Living Stones and uh, really break open the faith and, and uh, you know, feed people so they can go out there and, and be Eucharist to the world.
0: It's a joy. This is obviously our second show. So last week we kind of gave an overview of what we'd be doing in all the weeks going forward and and here tonight we're actually launching into it because we're going to get into our first topic. Just for those who maybe didn't tune in last week, I think it'd be great if we kind of just give you an idea of what Living Stones is about and how we are going to be structuring this ongoing conversation as we say. Each week we are going to tackle one of the main priorities, the pastoral priorities of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon that Archbishop Sample has written about and said these are the the fronts of the new evangelization, the ways that we can share the faith with those who are already nominally Catholic Christian, but also how we can bring Christ to the world. There are three main fronts of this uh, new evangelization, three main topics. The first is education, catechesis, and faith formation. That's what we're going to discuss this week. The second is revitalization, renewal, and reform of divine worship in the sacraments. So how we live the faith, how we practice our faith in worship. And then the service of charity, how we actually share the faith with those around us in a concrete way. And then there are three kind of sub-priorities that we'll also be discussing on a regular basis, and those are an awareness of the cultural diversity of the church, uh, the strengthening marriage and family life, and then... Ministry to young adults and those who are just leaving the nest and living living out in the world on their own. Those are the main things that we're going to be talking about in a rotation going forward every week. So that's uh, the basic structure of what we'll be doing.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, those priorities also extend beyond the church in uh, the Archdiocese of Portland. I think these are very important priorities for all Catholics, You know, for all people of faith to really form themselves you know, so they truly become those living stones that's talked about in in first uh, in first Peter uh, two four. Yeah, you know, and so it's again, it's made the connection between the head and the heart. You know the, the the faith that we learn and the lived experience of that faith, and so I'm, I'm excited as we uh, you know because our scriptures give us basically a roadmap, and we're just following that roadmap uh, down the road to eternal life, to to salvation, there to to oneness in, in Christ as as part of that body of Christ. That's why I, I love about the, our approach, uh, and and I think it's going to be engaging, it's going to be refreshing. We're going to have some guests from from time to time as well, right. and, uh, and, and it's really going to be a wonderful way uh, in a very practical way for people to deepen and strengthen their relationship with Christ and with the church. Absolutely. It's all about living an, a truly Catholic life.
0: It's all about actually practicing the faith that we have received because what we've received is a gift and the best kind of gifts are those that you then share with others.
1: So exactly. And, okay. you know, and, and I was, you know, there's some statistics that just came out from Pew research you know, and I was on um, a show with Al Cresta just you know, not too long ago, and we were talking about this very thing, and you know how Catholics are almost indistinguishable from the culture, yeah. You know, from people in the culture who don't have any faith or whatever. I mean, that's that's a problem, yeah. <laughs> you know, because uh, Paul says in Romans, "Do not conform to this world; be transformed by the renewal of your mind, yeah, so we know what is God's will, what is good and pleasing and perfect to God, not to the culture." That's going to be something that we're going to attempt to do, to uh, help people form themselves in the riches and beauty and truth of the faith yeah. so that we can engage the culture with the beauty and truth and goodness of the Catholic faith. Not just lose our faith and just become, you know, just like everybody like else, everybody else yeah. you know,
0: hard to be leaven uh, to help the world raise up if we're just the same as everyone else.
1: Yeah. And there's a fear there that goes with that. I mean, that's something that happened in the beginning, you know, af- after the fall, you know, they hid themselves because they were right. afraid. There's a fear there. So did the perpetu- apostles immediately yeah, after right. the resurrection. That's they right. They
0: locked the door for fear of the of the Jews. The, the, they were afraid that the same thing was going to happen to them. And it was the power of the Holy Spirit. It was Christ coming and expressing mercy to them and saying, peace be with you, that gave them the energy to go out and to proclaim. I mean, that's what the entire Acts of the Apostles is about, right? That's
1: right. And, you know, when St. John Paul II walked on, onto the balcony when he became Pope, you know, the first thing he said was, be not afraid, yeah, you know? Yeah, You know, and... and with
0: uh, a grin in his face. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be not Kinda afraid. Kind of going back to the joy that we talked about
1: last week. Exactly. That's why I think this approach that we're going to take, especially starting off with our first topic here on education, catechesis, and faith formation, is really going to begin to equip people to want to go deeper in their faith. Faith. Even for myself and yourself, we're well-educated in the faith, for me, the more I learn, the more I realize how much I don't know. The the teachings of the church is almost mm-hmm. like a, a wellspring or a cavern, or you know, it just the deeper you go, the more more there there. It's like bottomless. Right. You can't get to right. the end of it. You know, right. and I and I love that. And the key though is not just learning, but living it as well. Yeah. How do I take all this stuff that I've learned? And make it become part of who I am. And how does that help me to be the person who Christ created me to be? And how do I use that to tell somebody about the power of Jesus Christ working in my own life? That's the key. That's where the rubber hits the road. Absolutely. That's And that's everything that this week is about, too.
0: I often think about the, the difference between knowing about Scripture and knowing Scripture.
1: Yes. You know,
0: it's, as they say, that, that classic phrase, you know, the difference between knowledge and wisdom, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad.
1: Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean,
0: that's the critical difference there.
1: So, I like that. I like I mean, that. And and that gets to the heart of our
0: faith too. You can know a lot. You can know every, you know, paragraph in the catechism, but if, if you're not living it, then that's great. You may win jeopardy, Catholic jeopardy, but that's about it.
1: Yeah, you know? exactly. So, and you know, if the Jewish uh, words for knowing get to the heart of this because it talks about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil mm-hmm. in Genesis chapter 2 and it talks about uh, Adam knowing his wife and there's two different words there's da'ath which is a word they use for factual knowledge okay. head head knowledge Yeah, but that's not the word that's used in those instances it's, it's yaudah and yaudah means knowledge that's gained by experience you have to experience something in order to know it okay You know, I love that. That's that's what Christ wants for us. He that's why the word became flesh. He wanted to experience us in order to know us. Why? In order to redeem everything that separates us from the love of Christ. See? And And that
0: works both ways too, because we can know about God, but it wasn't until God
1: walked among us in the flesh that we knew God's love. Exactly. Exactly. We knew it personally. See, that's it. Personal relationship with Christ yeah. intimate personal loving life-giving mercy I mean all of that flows from the very heart of God's yeah. love and that's the heart that he wants to break open and give us and uh, but but see and uh, people have this disconnect between the education piece and the faith piece, yeah. it's, it's sad because you see this, you know, like what kids learn in school, often we teach the faith, we approach the faith like a subject in school. We don't teach the faith any different than we teach math, English, science, spelling, language, arts, whatever. Right. And we we can't do that. I mean, the faith cannot just be an academic exercise that you, you pass the test, you get your grade, and you move on to the next subject. Yeah. Because that doesn't have power in people's lives. No. You know, that's not that's not loving, life-giving intimacy. So that there has to be a connection. That's why I'm so glad that we've separated these according to the archbishop, right? Education, catechesis, and faith formation. Right. And I think that's important because I think— They're not all the same. They're not all the same. Yeah, so why don't you walk us through that? Yeah, well,
0: absolutely. So these terms are not interchangeable. Education and catechesis are very similar because catechesis specifically means education in the faith. You know, so education and catechesis are— they are—but they they have to come from a place of experiential knowing. And then there's faith formation. Faith formation is truly the lived— experience and guiding others in the lived experience of the faith. So it's, so you might think of it as, um, you have to, um, experience something before uh, oftentimes some of the best, best learning is that where you've experienced something and then it's broken open. What just happened? This is actually part of the RCIA process. For example, here in, uh, in, uh, the Easter season as we are now, you know, back at, at the Easter vigil people were received into the catholic church people were baptized they were confirmed they received holy eucharist for the first time they've been working in RCIA and learning about the faith up to that point but the true meaning of what they experienced at the easter vigil itself has been broken open for them over these last few weeks in a period that we call mystagogy. Mystagogy is this period of the unfolding of the mysteries is what it truly means. You know, revealing that which has been hidden until now. So faith formation is actually guiding people through the lived experience of their faith. Education and catechesis help kind of till the ground and get it ready, but it's the lived experience that truly integrates that Head knowledge with the heart knowledge, as you, as you described it before. Both are really necessary. Um, but, believe it or not, people can achieve holiness and salvation without, uh, without a lot of catechesis. Because the lived experience of the faith, the lived touching of Christ... In the sacraments, in the daily lived charity—you know—in living charity every day, the little way, as Saint Therese of Lisieux talks about, the little way of of sacrifice and mercy and charity towards others, this is as powerful a way to salvation as anything.
1: Well, being well educated is not a prerequisite for being Catholic. <laughs> as a
0: matter of fact, in some ways, it can be—it can stand in the way.
1: It actually That's can. We'll
0: talk a bit about that later. But there's this this phrase called, uh, this this Latin phrase, lex orandi, lex credendi. The law of prayer is the law of belief. And what it really gets at is that what and how we pray influences what and how we believe and how we understand what, what we are doing. So that the experience of the liturgy, the experience of the sacraments, forms us as much as it as as having a bunch of head knowledge going into it you You ever go go to mass you listen to the preface the eucharistic prayer especially the fourth eucharistic prayer which has this beautiful preface that gives the entire history of salvation in about nine sentences it's absolutely beautiful it traces everything from creation through the fall through the act of redemption through the gift of the holy spirit and that actually teaches us in the context of the prayer that we are praying.
1: You know, I want to say two things. First of all, Ken, you're right. You know, the preface is one of those parts of the Mass I think gets passed over. It, to me, it's one of the gems yeah. You know, uh, and, and starting off the, the, the liturgy of the Eucharist. You know, you have to, it, it's a beautiful synopsis of of the riches of the faith. And I always, when I talk about the gift talks on the Mass, I always want to draw people's attention. Please listen to the preface yeah. and say, well, they, what, I say, okay, the Lord be with you, with your spirit, lift up your heart, lift the Lord, look at the Lord God. is right and just. It's truly right and just. Our duty our salvation, always there for the gift. That, that, listen to that. that, that bit piece, right right. There. What yeah. comes after that, listen to that. And really, I mean, Really listen. It tells to what, the you what pre- we're celebrating. Exactly. I said, yeah. I mean, you will get so much out of that little section there. Yeah. If you really listen... It'll help make those connections. I, 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 in fact, acts as a wonderful bridge. I think yeah. between the liturgy of the word and, 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 and the, the sacrifices about to be offered. That yeah. you know, after the, the singing of the Sanctus, I well, think there's a beautiful uh, bridge there. Well, and and they always
0: conclude with this, calling our attention to the fact that we are now participating in the heavenly liturgy. We are singing the praise of God with the angels and with the saints as we say, "Holy, holy, holy, Lord God of hosts." We, you know, all of these. They they move us in a way we you know the liturgy stands outside of time because once we begin the mass we are participating in heavenly worship. This is calling our attention to the fact that yeah we've been doing this already but right now we are even more deeply entering into the supper of the lamb that is described in the book of revelation. Yes, you know
1: yeah and the the, the second point I want to make oh, for us as deacons you know one of the things that uh, it, it it talks about is the deacon helps to lead the people in worship. Now, hold on a second, because you think that, okay, please stand, please kneel, right. bow down for the blessing, but that's, that's not what they mean. I mean, we give instruction like that, but that, yeah. I think the deeper meaning is by our posture and by our actions is deep. I mean, just this weekend, you know, I was, people came up to me and goes, I just love the way you serve at the altar, so reverent. It just, you know, it just brings me into a deeper, and all I'm doing is standing there being, I mean, because I'm, I, I mean, I'm standing there thinking, and as I'm looking at it, okay, I know what's coming next. Right. Here's where to, you know, and, and my posture, and my reverence, because you know, it's for the Lord, yeah. you know, and so the just our body posture, our actions, you know, uh, it, it's holistic. It's incarnational. It, yeah, it's incarnational. It's yeah. engaging. All of us, all of our senses. Oh, yeah. that's why we use incense. That's smells we get, and bells. Yeah, the smells and and bells. So all that's part of the, of the catechetical process, right? Yeah. You know, the faith formation is separating the two, you know, right, right? Right. But but that's all comes together in, and we're going to talk about obviously sacraments and stuff. Yeah, it's, well, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but 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 the, is but the tie it, this is all part of it yeah. as well. The Mass itself is a living sacrifice It um, teaches and,
0: as well as.
1: Does what it's described. And not just by the words, but by the actions as as well. Yeah.
0: Both and. And that's, and that's what this is about. This is, there's head knowledge there that's offered. I mean, we listen to the stories in the scriptures. We hear it broken open for us in the homily. We proclaim the faith, uh, the tenets of our faith in the, in the um, creed. We perform an act of charity by praying for one another in the in the prayers of the faithful and then we enter into the deepest part of the worship where we you know where we literally physically commune with our god and with one another because we've all received from one cup this is Forming us, it's both teaching us and forming us at the same time. That's what the liturgy does every week. And that is not only probably, it is the most powerful form of catechesis and yes. faith formation that we
1: have. Exactly. It that, is what
0: the Second Vatican Council describes ex- as both the source yes, and the summit exactly. of our worship. And, and that's life. why
1: I get so upset when Mass is done sloppily. I mean, I know we're not talking about supposed to be talking about right, right. education, but right. I mean, when it's not done well, when the priests ad lib, when things are sloppy, when it's just yeah. you know, it, it just it, it takes away from that that, that, that true experience. Yeah. Um, uh, it takes away from that encounter with Christ. Now you focus on all these other things that aren't that aren't necessarily supposed to be there.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and, and that's that's why I think it's important. Um, you know, in fact the Seneca Vatican Council says in sacra Sataka Chileum, paragraph twenty-two, uh, subsection three, no one not even the priest may add, remove, or change anything in the liturgy. Mm-hmm. Because again, we're talking about the 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 education piece. I mean, because they are helping to form people That's right. in the image of Christ, not in their own image. And
0: the way we pray forms what we believe. Yeah, Lex so, lexiconity, so exactly. When we, when we do it poorly, we're not giving God our best. That's right. And and that is a statement, too, that does reflect our inner because it's forming us. It does reflect our inner reality as well. And so That is to say that um, it's good to live the faith in the fullest way possible. You're still worshiping God, even if you're doing it poorly. But remember, we can do better, too. We always can do better, right? Absolutely. Let's talk about some methods of catechesis. Obviously, the liturgy is the, the the method of catechesis and faith formation par excellence. Some of the ways that some of these methods that we're going to talk about here, kind of going forward, um, actually are both. They are both catechesis and faith formation. Uh, just because when something crosses over into worship, when something crosses over into into heart knowledge, then it it's doing both. But for example. Um, CCD and religious education are probably the ways that when we say faith formation, that's often what most people think of. They think about, oh, when I was a kid, I went to CCD. And then when I graduated from eighth grade, I never had to go back. Well, you're not done learning. You're not done growing. Everything you do every day forms you and teaches you. So uh, adult faith formation in some parishes, adult, adult education classes, I've been blessed to to work with the good people over the last year uh, out at St. Wenceslaus in Scapoose uh, doing adult faith formation sessions once a month. And we've had some marvelous discussions. And each week it's illuminating just a little bit more of the Christian faith. And I learn as much by doing the research and getting ready for that session as as anybody in the room is learning from what I'm saying. I I truly love those moments, but hopefully the the whole goal of that is to invite people to a deeper relationship with their faith that they've already been living
1: you know and that's so important that uh that point you just made ken because a lot of time we we kind of treat these sessions like just another thing on the schedule you know, oh my daughter has to go to soccer or did i have to take her to play practice and then she has a uh, youth group tonight or just confirmation class tonight, or then we it just becomes something we do on a schedule, or you know, you have RCIA or or adult yeah. faith formation. You know, I got to go to work. We got dinner. Oh, then I go to class. then I got. I mean, how, how does it not become just something, just, something just another else. thing on the schedule? I mean, because yeah. I mean, and 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 sometimes we don't go because we say, "Well, I don't have time. I don't have time." And what I don't have time really, the translation for that is, it's not that important to it's me. It's not a priority. It's not a priority. So yeah. I mean, but but we're, we're talking about. Things that have eternal consequences. <laughs> we, yeah. when we talk about things that impact the way we live, the, the way I impact with my wife, mm-hmm. with my children, with the with the church, at my workplace, in every aspect of my lived experience yeah. is being engaged, and I'm learning and growing. And, but we don't we don't think of it like that. It's just another thing that we do Something as nice. part of our day. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, how do we change? I mean, how do we change? How do we? Yeah. How do we get people to see really Christ in everything that we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> part big of question. Is, yeah,
0: it's a big que- it's a big question. And I think um, part of it is actually, um, again, our prayer forms us and and it forms what we believe as well. If we see and experience mercy and joy, then that grows within us and our desire for that grows within us too. And so learning about your faith and practicing it actually can invite you into an ever deeper, ever deeper spiral really in a way. And what we use to feed ourselves in other forms as well. You know, I listen to books on tape when I drive for my commute each day and I've been listening to Dante's um, divine comedy and in the uh, purgatorio section, each, it's beautifully structured, of course, it's why it's a classic, right? But um, each uh, of the levels of purgatory has a beautiful prayer or, or song uh, that is usually a hymn or a form of the, uh, from the divine liturgy, um, that is part of the worship that's being offered by the people described in this book. And I find myself wanting more and more <laughs> to sing and pray, because it's something I'm listening to that's not explicitly I'm not in church when I'm driving down the road but I'm drawn into because one of the entertainments in my daily life is inspiring more and more because it's it's a holy thing what we surround ourselves with forms us you know we're talking specifically about ways that we can you know look at at catholic things to, to form ourselves but so do the other things around us so do our other entertainments if you're if you're looking at pornography all the time you're going to be formed in a way that's going to ever spiral one way or the other and that's just a reality
1: yeah and I th- you're exactly right ken i think another important component of that of this is truth mm-hmm. you know uh, i had a, a very good friend of mine his son was part of, of a youth group and his son was ready to leave he was ready to just quit the thing and his, son, his father panicked and and called me he said can you talk to my son I'm not sure what's going on I'm not, I can't." and, and so I end up skyping the kid yeah. and the thing was he goes you know I go to this youth group and we eat pizza we play games they're not talking about anything serious I mean this guy has questions that he wants answered wow. I mean he he wants an encounter with Christ mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ says I am the way the Truth, Truth. huh? And the life. So we have to encounter Christ in the truth. Often in these classes, we try to make them fun. We, we we think that these kids, oh, if we have donuts, we play games and all yeah. this stuff. You know, they got plenty of the time to do that. Right. When they're there and we've got them there, we need to, we need to have them encounter Jesus Christ, yeah. not not milk and cookies fun time. This is time to encounter living God. And like, Look at the pressures these kids are under, the pornography, the friends with benefits. Um, mm-hmm. and younger and younger, they're being exposed to these things that try to take away their faith. We live in a culture that's trying to say... That pedophilia is just another way to express love for children. I mean, this is what we're up against. Planned Parenthood, teaching in the schools, teaching sex education in the schools, exposing kids to things as young as third grade. You know, things that, you know, you wouldn't talk to your kids about until puberty. They're exposing these kids and not in a, in a, in a fruitful, life-giving way, as young as third grade. This is, this, this is what we're up against. And, and they need that encounter with Christ. They need to know what is it about this faith that's going to counter all these other things that, that, that is trying to take away, that's trying to destroy my faith, that's trying to kill the life of God within me. And That's why this is important. Uh,
0: that's why we need to, to form ourselves and then hand it on. We promised a takeaway every week. And Pope Francis tweeted uh, back in April uh, on his Twitter account. Pope Francis is on the Twitters, like all the kids are. And he tweeted, we can bring the gospel to others only if it has made a deep impact in our lives. And reading that, I was reminded of this image I had. You do a lot of flying. I've I've flown a lot. Uh, and It's this concept of, you know, when they're giving you the safety uh, speech and they tell you about the uh, oxygen mask that comes down uh, and they say, if you are traveling with somebody who requires assistance or a child, put on your own mask first before assisting them. And that's because if you pass out, you can't help anyone else. And our faith is very much like that. Unless we are formed in our faith as adults, as people who are handing it on, we can't give anything of help to others either because we are dying in the process. Amen. That's what this is about. Adults take advantage of the opportunities in your parish, online, men's groups, women's groups, retreats, days of reflection, faith sharing groups, Bible studies, retreats, whatever is available to you. Grow in your own faith before you can hand it out. Amen. This past Sunday, the gospel for the sixth Sunday of Easter was Jesus telling us to love one another and to remain in his love. He says that he tells us this because we are no longer slaves, but we are his friends because slaves don't know what their master is doing. Christ invites us to learn what he is doing, what his plan is. And that is all about entering into our faith to understand that ultimately the battle is already over. Christ right. has already won and we are invited to be with him and to share that joyful news with everyone that we meet.
1: too. That's right. Because when we encounter Christ, the encounter with Christ changes everything. Absolutely.
0: Friends, it has been a delightful conversation again this week. And we look forward to chatting with you next week when we're going to be uh, talking about uh, the liturgy. Not like we didn't this week yeah. too, but we'll talk a bit about it more next week. Um, Visit us at livingstonesmedia.org. And until
1: then, I'm Ken Hellenius. I'm Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: You've been listening to Living Stones with Ken Hellenius and Deacon Harold Burke-Sivers, produced through the facilities of Matri-Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. For more information about this program, And other Matreday radio productions, you can log on to matredayradio.com. That's M A T E R D E I radio.com.